All right, Danny, welcome to the Nil Nil Football Podcast. This is episode 31. We're in the 30s now, just like you. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same as me. All right, so um, we're talking about, just before I started this, we were talking about how the Vancouver Whitecaps just won the Canadian Championship over Toronto. They won on penalties. but Hold up. They played Toronto today? Yes, at 7.30. Oh, okay. I was going to say then Toronto should have won based on the weekend score. Yeah, Insignia, man. Insignia. <laughs> yeah, but then again, did they play that same lineup? I mean, you could click the... I'm sure you could click the lineups. But let's see. So five teams can qualify from the MLS. Mm-hmm. One being the Canadian team. Second is the MLS Cup winner. Third is the Supporter Shield winner. And fourth is the Eastern or Western Conference regular season champion. Okay. All right. So uh, based on... And fifth is... Based on thing, based on the performance that Toronto had over the weekend, they should have won this match. They had Insigne. They had Bernadeschi. They had Bradley. They had Osorio. You know, so they had a pretty <laughs> decent squad. <laughs> and they lost. Oh, well, they didn't lose. I mean, they didn't lose. They tied. So, Well, they lost on penalties. And yeah. even if it's a draw, I still think that this is a loss for the quality that Toronto has on the field right now. Yeah. Uh, what a shame. I guess all they have to look forward to is qualifying for the playoffs. I guess, but since Vancouver won this, what does that mean for them? means that they're going to compete in the Gonga Champions League um, for next year. Uh, I mean, LAFC is on pace to win the Supporter Shield, so it's looking good that we're going to qualify, but, you know, knock on wood, I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not gonna claim it just yet. Well, I'll well, believe we it when I see it. There's still yeah. quite a bit of games to go before we get there. Although we are, we should be six points ahead of Austin. No, we're four points ahead, but with a game in hand. So that can go all the way up to seven points ahead. Right. Yeah. So there's still one game ahead of us. And we are three points ahead of Philly. Yes. Not bad. Um, And, And Philly is also a game ahead of us. Yes, that's true. So that can potentially go up to um, five points, right? Yeah. Although I would like six as a buffer, but uh, let's let's do a quick review of uh, what happened over the weekend. So, okay. Well, based on what I saw, a lot of my predictions were not right. No. Uh, a I want to say mine, the majority of my predictions were wrong. A lot of mine were incorrect as well. Um, I think the only prediction I actually did get right was the uh, Philly Orlando one. Philly Orlando. Yeah, Philly oh, one. one, one yeah. So uh, the first one was New York 2 0. Yeah, I think everybody Miami. predicted that. <laughs> Yeah, not Cincinnati. Well, everybody except for me. I think we talked Um, about how Cincinnati Nashville was they practically the same, so it's realistic they could be a draw. But right, I believe I ended up in Cincinnati. 
I chose Cincinnati. I think you chose Nashville. Nah, I think I chose Cincinnati. Um, Columbus, New England looked like a boring game. Nil, nil. Oh, I think I picked yeah. Columbus was going to win, or we both did. We discussed that Columbus would win because of the Cucho little Hernandez. combination. Oh. Yeah. Um, but that didn't happen. Um, DC United losing to Montreal. Yeah. Uh, two to one. Uh, Toronto beating Charlotte for nil. That I was a little surprised about. I was a little surprised, but I also knew the Italians were going to be starting. So I had a feeling Toronto would win, just not by this much. But I didn't think you they were going to get this bad. It was playing really nice. Yeah. I enjoyed watching that. All right. So uh, then we got Houston, Minnesota. I I think on the podcast I said that Minnesota was going to win, but I ended up picking Houston in the, in the yes, predict six. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Uh, I should have stuck with my original. Yeah. Um. Seattle, Colorado. Yeah. Seattle. I mean, we both expected Seattle. Colorado to win, especially if you turned in tune into the score, um, like twenty minutes in ish. You saw that Colorado was winning one nil, yeah. and it's a shame. Like, I mean, they're playing against ten men for a good chunk of the match. So, yeah, uh, pretty much the whole second going to have was 10 men for Seattle yeah. uh, because Rowe got a red card at the 47th minute. Um, but at the same time, Colorado wasn't able to do much since that first goal that they scored, and that was at the three-minute mark. Yeah. Chicago looks like they're starting to score goals now with a 3-1 win against Vancouver. Yeah. Um, and Chiquiti's on the score sheet know, for that and one. And it wasn't a pen for once. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got Portland, San Jose. I was just picking San Jose would win. I think you went with Portland. I went with Portland, yeah. I, I just figured that they would end up winning this one. I felt like they would have gone back to the normal form. Maybe maybe they're starting their summer run to, you know, the playoffs. Maybe. But I don't know. I just always feel like Portland can always work out a win somehow. Yeah. And then Sunday, I think I picked that Austin was going to be – the Red Bulls, even though the Red Bulls were like a second place team or first place, they're, they're in the top three of the East. Um, but uh, crazy game, three to four, right? Yeah, the Red Bulls are in number three, but Austin, who has pretty much kept pace with the LAFC being at the top, you would have thought that they would have won this game easily, especially based on the last game that the Bulls had against New York City FC. Yeah, but uh, Austin dropping points, uh, which gives LAFC that buffer that we talked about a couple minutes ago. Yeah. And then uh, the Galaxy playing against Winning. Atlanta. Yes, they finally won after, I think, was it three games losing? Like three games straight losing? Something like that. Because they lost against LAFC and then San Jose, and they probably lost the game after that, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And then there was this game. Yeah, so they scored... In opposite ends of the game, once at the beginning, at the seventh minute, and then the other one, like, 90 plus six. Yeah. Uh, any game you want to talk about in detail before we jump into the LAFC versus Kansas City match? Um, not really. I feel like... Uh, not a lot of action compared yeah, to other weekends. Too yeah, memorable, except for just, I guess, the Toronto ones. Maybe yeah. the one that the Toronto, out the Toronto one and Austin uh, Red, and versus Red Bulls. 
That's yeah, a, that, two that one was an interesting one just because of seven seven goals yes. in that match. Although Toronto uh, was kind of boring because they scored all four of those in the first half, so the second yes. half had no action. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's jump it into LFC versus Kansas City. So this is uh basically top versus the bottom of the West. Uh, there's a lot of heat in Kansas City. Um, the the day this match was played, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, obviously a weight match is always tough, especially in the MLS. Uh, but it looks like LAFC ended up taking care of business uh, in the 56th how, minute. Huh? How did you see? How did you see like the team playing in the first half? Um, wasn't too bad. Kind of sloppy. I think we were giving Kansas City too much of the ball because they're actually getting some decent play going forward against us. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kilini had to step in a lot. Especially in that first half. I mean, he basically only played the first half and was subbed down at halftime. But in that first half, there was a lot of important interventions that he had to make. A lot of clearances. We were looking kind of sloppy and giving the ball away and stuff like that. As always, uh, I mean, you know, our form picks up in the second half. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think our first, that first half was one of the best ones that LAFC's ever had. Yeah, that, I don't think so either. Because from what I ended up saying, it, it made... Kansas City looks stronger than what I remembered them being. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it has to do a lot with what you said, that we we're giving away too many turnovers. Uh, so it, it was a little worrying no. for a while. I was thinking that at some point, Kansas City was going to actually take advantage of one of those and end up scoring first. Yeah. And uh, I think one of those is like a Poku missing the last pass i mean i could tell arango mm-hmm. was getting frustrated at uh and not getting the ball vela i think wasn't able to do much like it just seemed the team wasn't clicking but i mean luckily in the second half it was completely opposite you know at that point we yeah. you know we took control of the game we took possession we were playing forward we we're connecting passes moving the ball around it's about killing in the second second yes part, right? for Seguro. i think it's good that we're trading time between the both of them as they both get adjusted to playing uh killini getting adjusted to how the league is and Seguro obviously coming back from an injury i think it's uh important that he you know takes his time especially with an injury like the acl that took him out for a whole year i think you want to be yeah, as careful as like possible a warm-up. pretty much uh but so far i mean he did pretty good uh in the second half i didn't really see any problems coming from uh eddie Segura. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, he was our best defender before he got that injury anyway, so having him yeah. back is just another plus. But besides right. that, uh, Chicho does what he's always been doing, and he scored another goal. This one was actually a banger. So in this one, I think Vela ended up finally taking the ball in the midfield and actually running forward, getting losing a couple of players, and passed it to Poku, who finally did a smart run toward the outside. Um, and was able to get the ball to Chicho, who basically just rifled it into the top of the net. And um, Kansas City were unlucky because they lost their goalie due to injury. Tim yeah, Miller. yeah, that's the that's the thing. I thought that was kind of messed up, you know, because their second goalie isn't that terrible. He made some really great saves uh, in the game they had. I believe it was against Minnesota. Um, but it, it's kind of unfortunate that Melia goes out and then Pulskamp comes in and not that long after that, 
they get scored on what was it like six minutes after i think yeah so it's, it's kind of messed up that that's what happened but good for us that we ended up scoring um and like you mentioned that opoku finally made a good run so he didn't try to lose the ball this time no like he did have one good play in the first half where um it's one of those classic ones where we want him to pass and he just keeps holding on to it, holding on to it, holding on to it. And he mm-hmm. basically kept doing that toward the end line. Yeah, but he actually got a successful pass. Thankfully, with him holding on to the ball, he was able to pull three Kansas City players toward him and he basically left um, the middle of the box wide open for Sifu, who mm-hmm. I'm not going to blame him because he shot it where it was supposed to go. It's just uh, there was one defender there who made you know, a goal line clearance and... I mean, it should have been a goal, but I'm not. I'm not gonna knock Sifu for missing that. I mean, it was just an amazing stop by the defender. Right. Yeah, and uh, I would and say, huh? And what happened for the second goal? Uh, for the second goal, well, uh, well, first I want to talk about uh, one of Sporting Kansas City's players. So that's Eric Tommy, one of their new signings, and uh, I think he was really good in the game. Especially against us, he was probably the most dangerous player on their team. He had one chance in the first half that was really close to basically just skim the post, but uh, mm-hmm. it was he was easily their best player. Although they subbed him out in the sixty-first minute, so right after that yeah, we scored the second goal. Better. Yeah, and um, well, actually it wasn't right after that; it was the eighty-third minute. But still, um, for that one, they ended up getting. I think it was Bale took the ball. It was a counterattack. He passed it to Chicho. Chicho did a little shimmy, got rid of the defender that was on him, was able to start running forward. Bill, mm-hmm. not the fastest player in the world anymore, but he still has the pace. Um, the movement. Yeah, exactly. He's still probably faster than most of the players in the MLS. So right. given his pace, even though he was the one that originated the play, he was already at the front by the time Chicho turned around. So all Chicho had to do was lay it off to him. Um, mm-hmm. I think the defender kind of made it easy to for him because everybody knows he's a, a left-footed player. So obviously right. he was going to cut to his left. And I guess mm-hmm. the defender forgot. And he was surprised when Bale cut to his left. And <laughs> I think the goalie got tricked because Bale kicked it a lot earlier than you would expect somebody to. Right. Basically, he just cut to the left and hit it right away instead of cutting to the left, taking a touch to align yourself and then hit it. And I think right. the fact that Bale hit it so quickly threw off the keeper and he wasn't able to react in time to get down to deflect yeah, the ball. It almost, it almost looked like he rolled it in and the goalie wasn't even aware of that. Yeah. Uh, it looked super easy and that's what all the comments were saying and all the posts that I saw on social media. Everybody's like, oh, look at that MLS. Can't believe they let him score such an easy goal, man. He's going to score like a thousand goals this season. Stuff like that. But I don't <laughs> think it's as easy as what the video shows. He made it yeah, I think most of that has to do with how fast he got the shot off his feet. Now, speaking of easy goals, easy league, wasn't there a sitter that he missed? Exactly. So I want to say in extra time, we had another counterattack. And I believe, I think it was, uh, it wasn't Chicho, but I forgot who it was that gave him the pass. But basically, mm-hmm. Gareth Bale was one-on-one with the keeper. He literally could have just taken it taken it around the keeper done something but he tried to chip the keeper went straight like it wasn't even close it just went off to the right and he, you could tell he was like oh my god how did i miss that 
And so, <laughs> like, he's still Gareth Bell. He's still good, but you can tell he's a little bit rusty, and he he needs to get some finesse on that foot, right? Um, yeah. But either way, he scored his first goal. He looked super happy scoring it. Did a little uh, Killini impersonation at the end of it, which I thought was pretty funny. But uh, so far, I'd say I'm loving the chemistry of the team right now, especially with the new players like Killini and Bell. They look like they've integrated to the team pretty quickly. And yeah. they look like they're having a great time. I mean, I've never seen two players who look happier being in the new team. I can't think of a player in the team who's who would be in a bad mood not playing. The only one probably be Brian, but that's probably because he's trying to leave, I'm guessing. And the only he's other one would... The only, well, it's not that. I think at least he's just, at this point, it's like, well, it's been a couple of years. You haven't really performed, so we're going to try to find you a team. That's the rumors going around. Oh, okay. Uh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. I thought that he was out just because of injuries. No, he was. He, he is. But, mm-hmm. like, in in the meantime, we're trying to liberate his DP spot on somebody who can actually, you know, get the most out yeah. of that kind of position. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, he has good potential, but he just keeps doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. And you want some variety, never... right? I want some variety. I want some risk to be taken. You know, like half of the time he tries to do something that he's seen the result, and the defender he's up against has seen exactly the same move going over and over. I want him to run at the players. You know, I, most of the time I see him taking the ball and stopping and then just fainting to go one way, fainting to go the other way. And everybody knows he's going to go left. So he tries to go left and he loses the ball. Yeah. And I know. I, I want to see him, instead of stopping at the ball, continue running at the players. They're going to try to take the ball away from you. Try to make it inside the box. That way, if they miss the ball, they hit you and you get a penalty out of it. Okay, um, um, so yeah, uh, about Brian. So that's what the rumors with the Lee Suarez thing were going around. It's not like that mm-hmm. we would get rid of Chicho. I think the rumor was that we we're trying to liberate his DP, uh, Brian Rodriguez's DP spot to get Luis Suarez in Bro. and then still have the other one left over. I think they're trying mm-hmm. to have one left over just period because let's right. say. I think you know the rumors are that if Gareth Bale's contract, if he does perform well, it, if it if we choose to extend it, because we have the option to extend, if we do mm-hmm. choose to extend it, uh, it automatically converts him to a DP player. Yeah, so I think we're trying to have that just left over in case he's like amazing, you know? Right, which makes sense. I mean, if it's Gareth Bale and we've seen what he's been able to do, so I, I have no doubt that he's actually going to perform well. And he'll probably end up staying. Yeah. Um, so far, he looks happy. And I think one of the key players into making our players feel at home is um, McCarthy. You know, the goalie? Right. So um, I've seen him uh, on a podcast. Like, the was it the MVP podcast? That's uh, the one that, you know, Max from LAFC, Max Barretos? He's mm-hmm. like the the host. He hosts all the stuff that's LFC related, and right. he has a he has a podcast. And he interviewed McCarthy there, and basically he's the guy that kind of jokes around with everybody, gets everybody to laugh. I mean, Killini is already joking around with him, saying that he's the one that owes him his new suit because of all the water that they put on him. 
Oh and yeah. <laughs> you could tell like there's pictures of him laughing with Bale, so you could tell he's the guy that makes everybody gel together, even though he's probably one of the players that has the least amount of play time. Which yeah. I, I kinda wish we were still in the open cup so we could give him that time, but yeah. You know what? They should just make him the designated, you know, person to a DP goalie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a DP goalie yeah. just to keep them keep everybody happy. Yeah. Um, Although, speaking of Luis Suarez, I mean, it was just announced that he'd be going to Nacional, which is the yeah. team that we loaned Bro. out. We loaned out, uh, what's his name? Pancho Dinella, too. So, <laughs> there is a small rumor that he was going to play with Nacional and then go to LAFC. I, I kind of read that somewhere. I don't think that would be the case. Wait, do you think this is a big brain play where we sent Ginella out to Nacional ahead of time, knowing that Suarez what? was going to go there? Agent and Pancho? Have him... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Agent Pancho. Going to Nacional to convince Luis Suarez to come to LAFC. <laughs> nah, I think that's too complicated at this point. I don't know. I think it's it sounds like a plan that could work. Nah. Look at the other teams in in the Premier League and Bayern, like Liverpool and and Bayern had that trade with Thiago and and uh, Sadio, so. You know, it could happen over here, too. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that just about covers the game. I mean, it wasn't that much action. Um, yeah. Considering it was goals. Kansas City. Nothing against Kansas City. But, like, in more of the high-profile matches, there's probably going to be more action. Anyway, um, let's move on to the next subject. So, um, we could talk about, you know, as our women's football correspondent at this point, because I don't have time to watch all the matches. Um, you, you've been watching, we've had one more Euro, uh, 2022 match, right? Uh, well, since the last time that we recorded, we ended Actually, up having we've had three, three matches. Technically the remaining two semi or quarterfinal matches and then one semifinal match, right? Yeah. The sem the first semifinal match happened today. All right, uh, let's but... go, let's go through the quarterfinals, I guess. Right. Okay. So quarterfinals, I believe. Okay, so Sweden, Belgium. Um, that was the third quarterfinal, and that game ended with Sweden winning one nil, but it was a very unconvincing one nil win. Yeah. Uh, it's so frustrating to watch. Have watched Sweden play in this. Belgium definitely didn't look like the team that was going to win this. It was more of the when is Sweden going to show that they're going to be the winners of this match. Uh, but they had so many opportunities to do it. None of them really converting. They had a whopping 33 shots Jesus. with nine of those on target. And what was the final score? <laughs> One zero. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it was such this, a terrible this is, uh, match. This is one of those FIFA scorelines. <laughs> yeah, it was just so bad. Sweden just looked completely out of it. Um, if you watch this match, you would pretty much assume that whatever form they were taking into the match next match wasn't going to be the greatest. Um, especially knowing that their next opponent was going to be England. Yeah. England, who's been on a hype train 
who have been on fire scoring, being the highest scoring team so far in the competition. I believe they had 16 goals as of uh, before playing I Sweden. Mean, given the route of Norway, right? Yeah, exactly, because those eight goals with Norway. Um, but yeah, Sweden was just kind of painful to watch just because it took so long. Uh, on top of those 33 shots, that goal that they won with happened at the 92nd minute. And there were three minutes of stoppage time given. So they really just waited to the last minute to score. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the uh, Belgium-Sweden game. Uh, I can't say I know. exciting, but, I know. you know. I know the next match. Well, actually, the other one, the next match wasn't that exciting either. We were both watching it. It wasn't. And that was Netherlands and France. Uh, I would say that the only reason that this game lasted so long was because of Vandergaard. Oh, you know what? The goalie, right? No, this was uh, the defender, number three for Netherlands. But no. before I do that, uh, I just want to go back to Belgium. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one thing I forgot to highlight about this game was the goalie, Everard. Mm-hmm. Best goalie of the competition, hands down. She had so many stops out of those 33 shots. She, even the goal that Sweden did score... She almost blocked it. She had two blocks back to back. It was the third one that she just wasn't able to get to. And that's the game winner that Sweden scored. But if it was wasn't forever, this game would have ended a long time ago. Jeez. So pretty much for Belgium, that is their biggest highlight is just the goalkeeper. She's just amazing. Just if, I, if there was a, a fantasy team, that's who I would choose. Just sounds like she carried the team on her back. She really did. Because again, Belgium just did not have anything really going forward. Yeah. They were pretty like not impactful. They they couldn't really create a play and uh, Sweden was just kind of dominating in that sense, but they weren't dominating in the sense of they were going to win this with a lot of uh, difference. I don't know. It was, it was still. It, it was a weird game. It's like you knew Sweden was going to win, but somehow they weren't choosing to win until the last minute. Um, so now France Netherlands. This is a game that I, I thought would happen better, mm-hmm. but I also did tell you that this game was going to go to penalties, or it was going to be won in penalties. I didn't think that this game was going to be won in the regular time. We didn't either, just because. But... I mean, it should have went to penalties, right? It should have gone to penalties, yes. It should have. Uh, But it didn't. There were some very questionable calls, I want to say, from the ref uh, that went in the favor of France and some no calls that were went against um, the Netherlands. But when we're diving into this game the sole reason that this game lasted that long was a combination between the goalkeeper uh van domselaar and the defender number three van der Graaf. uh 
Vandergrack was pretty much the bigger reason why they they were staying in it because she just kept blocking so many shots too. Uh, there was, I want to say, at least two goal line clearances that she stopped. One that that she was literally on the line and cleared it out with her knees. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one where she was slightly in front of the goal and she had her hands to her chest and the ball went directly in that area. So if it wasn't for that player, uh, I think this scoreline could have been like 3 nil maybe within the first 45 minutes. Dang. All I, yeah. I mean, I remember watching, I mean, I was, we were watching the game together, right? Mm-hmm. And you could tell, I mean, in my opinion of the game, is that you could tell that France had more possession, they were doing more with the ball, they were more creative with it, they were attacking way more. Netherlands was basically just holding on to dear life, uh, defending with uh, probably all 10 outfield players. When they did have something going forward, they could never make the passes to, you know, mm-hmm. actually get to the other team's box. I mean, it was all France. Not that they deserved to win France, because they still didn't really do much with the ball, even though they had most of it. But given that, I think going to penalties would have been fair. But, yeah. And speaking of penalties, didn't wasn't there a penalty done in this game, if I remember correctly? That's the... Renard missed it in this game, or was that the previous? No, game? that was the previous remember. game before that. No, the, okay. the penalty in this game was the winning goal. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, apart from from that, the to me the most dangerous players in this team have been uh, Karchawi and Cascarino. Lightning McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly as I like to refer to her. Um. Both of these players, they play both on the same side and they pretty much just change up. And skill-wise, they seem to have very similar skill set when it comes to being technical with the ball and uh, having really great centers. Uh, And they had a lot of corners in this game as well. The only thing was that uh, Renard wasn't able to really do much with any of them. I think it got to a point where... Everybody knew that the ball was going to go to Renard, but she was getting, I think, covered by at least two or three players, and she was never really able to get in a comfortable position to actually get a header off. Um, But aside from that, I don't think that France is a very convincing side when it comes to moving on to the final. Their next opponent is going to be Germany, and Germany has been pretty much Germany throughout this tournament. Uh, They did struggle at first uh, in the group stages. Not by losing, but they looked like they were up to a slow start. Uh, But as the tournament went on, they've just gotten more of their form, more confidence, um, and it's showing in their results. So I think that this next game, which is going to happen tomorrow, Wednesday, midday, it's going to be Germany-France. I feel that Germany's going to take this. And I believe that some of the casters on the networks that I was watching had predicted that the final was going to be an England-Germany final. Yeah, that sounds like the most likely outcome, considering, I mean, Germany's actually shown that they're dominant. France, I think the mm-hmm. only time they were good was in their first match that I saw. And besides, after that, it's been okay-ish. They haven't yeah. really 
put their attacking talent. I, I don't think they've maximized it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of harsh for Netherlands to go home just based on that penalty. But yeah. either way, if Netherlands or France would have went through whoever it was, I don't think any of them would come out on top against Germany. No, no. Uh, Netherlands still wasn't very convincing. Um, I believe they struggled in their group as well. I believe their group, the majority of the games were draws. Uh, so it really came down to Netherlands winning that final game in order to move on to the next round. Yeah. Um, and France, they did win, but it wasn't too convincing, except for the, I want to say, Italy game, where they ended up winning 5-1. Um, but still, I, th- I think that Germany's going to end up winning this game. Uh, the final's going to be Germany-England, and I believe they mentioned that England had never made it past the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And France had never made it to the semifinals in a Euro competition. So this is the France's first semifinals. Well, and good. it's weird because of the quality of players they usually tend to have. Yeah, considering how they how they played, like you got Cascarino, you got was it Toron, you got I mean, I guess Renard who's one of been one of the plus best players since she's, you know, started. Yeah, and if you go back even further with the other players, Lesmer, Henri, all these other players that have had really great quality, you would have thought, oh, they've already been to at least two or three finals. Yeah, yeah. But no, this is their first semifinal. So they, this is the first time that they've made it this far in the competition. Uh, and as for Germany, I believe this is a random statistic that they mentioned during the England game. Uh, they were saying, oh, if Germany make it to the final, uh, it's going to be a very Germany-favored game because as of now, the track record for the women's Germany team has been that anytime that they've been in a final, they've never lost one. Yep, and well, before we talk about the next person that we think is going to be in the final, we should just cover the next game, right? <laughs> uh, what game? One that happened today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Um, so the first semifinal game uh, happened today, and that was England versus Sweden. Yeah. Okay, so um, I saw the... Did you watch the whole game? I did watch the whole game. Okay, I saw the highlights real quick. Uh, okay. How do you feel about the goalie? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sad. I want to say that the reason that they lost... Wasn't necessarily a goalie, but it is the reason that the result ended the way it did. Yes, I don't think she would have stopped them from losing, but I do no, think... she wouldn't have stopped them. But I do think if that with someone with, I believe I heard them say twenty years of being the goalie. Someone oh, dang! So she has experience. She's thirty nine, so. Yeah, believable. 20 years of experience of being the goalkeeper, you would have thought, yeah, she can handle anything that comes her way. Something might get by, but it's got to be something pretty special. Um, It wasn't. What uh, happened with the third goal, Arnold? What, Tell the back heel one where she reacted all late? Yes. <laughs> I think 
if they had a different oh. goalie that actually had good reflexes, it would have been one no. Yeah, so um, I said third goal. The result of this game was um, England four, Sweden nothing. Yep. And I want to say that England deserved this win. England deserved the hype. And England deserve to be confident in themselves that being the host nation, they can actually win this. Yep. I mean, given that they are playing at home and they have all their fans in the stadium, it's their game to lose against Mm -hmm. who we think is going to be there, which is Germany. We'll find out tomorrow. But it's basically England's game to lose. They have to, as long as they can hold Germany off, they Mm -hmm. should be able to win it. Yeah, this game was interesting. Um, at first, I want to say it looked like Sweden was going to end up get, getting one in at any time. They had decent amount of shots in the first half, a decent amount of opportunities and clear opportunities in the first half, but they just failed to convert. They were having the same issue that Spain was having when it came to being within the box, is that they were getting there, they were getting their shots off, they just weren't converting those opportunities and with england it was the opposite they had a few chances but those few chances that they did have they made the most of it Mm -hmm. and that's why you ended up getting that four nil result um and even if it wasn't the four nil even if it was just one nil the the that first opportunity was good enough yeah uh as opposed to... I would say that first one was actually a decent goal. The first goal was a really good goal. Although um, they did waste the opportunity before that that led up to the goal. Yes, they did. Um, so to me, watching this game, England looked very strong. Yeah, they struggled a little bit at first. And of course, some passes weren't really competing. But it didn't look like they didn't know what they were doing. I want to say that this game the team looked like they were trying to figure out how to set themselves up to start functioning well. Um, Because Sweden was, in a way, kind of closing off a lot of their go-to plays and go-to players. But they kept shifting around, and it looked like they were looking for a solution throughout the whole time before that first goal. Uh, And they found it. Because as soon as that first goal went in, all the other ones, although not immediately after, started coming in. The second happened at the 48th minute, the third happened at the 68th, and the fourth happened at the 76th. Yeah. So they ended up working out whatever problems they were having within the game, which, you know, I think this is what you want to see from every team. There's a difference between playing like you have no idea what to do, just packing and playing for a solution and this is what england did and they deserve this win hands down um i i think that they performed very well they should be very proud of what they did on the other hand sweden they looked completely sluggish um the way i was looking at them they they just looked so tired kind of like they they really didn't know what to do and not the same way of a panicky what to do it was like 
it was a lot of work for them to think about what to do. Yeah, um, I would say on a couple of goals, even though I'm putting you know a lot of the blame on the goalie, I will say that on a couple of them, um, I mean, it literally looked like Sweden was standing still while England was the only team moving. Yes, there was a lot of that. There was definitely a lot of that. On top of that, they were also giving away a lot of balls for free. Yep. Their passes were not... Um, finding their targets they had a 42 uh, no they had a 73 pass accuracy although if you watch the game it looked like a lot less and their possession was 42 percent. so it wasn't that much uh, pass comparison england had 452 and uh, sweden had 310 so that's 140 passes of difference um but yeah sweden just did not look like the team that was going to reach a final if anything it was more of a team that you would have expected to maybe get eliminated in the stages in the the group stages um so you know good for them that they made it this far but they weren't making any further than this yeah. i think that they still, they have a lot to work on i don't know if it was just their morality or i don't know what or it could have been that they got hit with covid some of the players and that might have impacted them as well. Um, but they just did not look in sync. They looked like they had no energy. They were tired. I believe England had two days extra of rest compared to Sweden. Um, but still, even then, Sweden looked even more tired than than that. It's like they had a month less worth of uh, rest between the two. Yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, that pretty no, much covers that, it, right? Yeah, that pretty much covers this. So you know, England looks strong. Germany, yes, they have been winning, but I still think that in order for them to be, um, I think it's going to be a, a, an interesting final if Germany end up beating France tomorrow. Uh, if they don't and France wins, I feel like it's a higher chance that England's going to win this tournament. Yeah. All right, let's move on. You've also been watching the Copa America, right? How's that going? Yes. Um, they have already played uh, their semifinal games, so everything's pretty much set up for the final. Um, I ended up watching part of the Chile-Venezuela game, um, and that was a match for fifth place. They mostly played that uh, for another tournament, right? I forgot which one. Yeah. Was it World so, Cup standings or something? Like I, that? Yeah, yeah. It was for the World Cup. It was to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, they were pretty even throughout the, most of the game in the second half. Um, I believe Venezuela tended to have a bit more chances than Chile, but somehow I think Chile ended up scoring first. Yeah, Chile ended up scoring first in the second half at the 65th minute. Um, and then last minute, I believe it was on stoppage time, Venezuela was able to tie it up. With that draw, they went on to penalties. So there was no extra time in this. They went directly to penalties. Um, and in penalties, Chile ended up defeating Venezuela 4-2. to two. This was interesting for me because I was expecting the same level of gameplay as I was watching from the Euros. And it is so far behind the Euro level of competition. 
uh, for the women's. I'm not saying that they played terrible. It's just the pace, if you look at it, it's so much slower. Uh, the type of shots that are taken aren't the strongest shots, but the goalies somehow still struggle with those. So the World Cup for the women's is coming up next year. Uh, Chile just qualified. I think that they will have a lot of work to do before they actually become a team that you can expect to reach the final. But maybe they might get out of the group stages. Um, the other two games that happened, these were yesterday and today, um, the semifinal games. It was Colombia versus Argentina. I did not watch this, but I did see that Colombia beat Argentina 1-0. And so Colombia is going on to the final. And then the other game that happened today that was Brazil versus Paraguay. And Brazil won that one 2-0. So the final for Copa America is going to be Colombia and Brazil. And that's going to happen on Saturday. Just that looking... should be a good game, actually. I mean, Brazil is probably, I would assume, given that, you know, how Marta is like the, the most famous player and whatnot, I would assume they're just like the men's and the way they play. I think I've seen a couple of clips that they do. Um, would yeah. you say that Brazil is probably one of the favorites? I would say that Brazil is the favorite. Um, yeah. Looking at their score lines so far, from starting from the first round, 4-0, uh, 3-0. Uh, 4-0, 6-0. So he's telling me they haven't gotten scored again. That's what it looks like. It looks like they've had a clean sheet in every single game so far. Well, yeah, they to, have not gotten scored, luck, out, scored out in this whole competition. Good luck to Colombia. <laughs> yeah, Colombia, on the other hand, I believe they have gotten scored on. Uh, let me just double check that. Uh, yeah, so the first game they had was 4-2. Uh, then it was 3-0, then we had 2-1, and 4-0. So it should be a pretty interesting game, although Brazil will be heavy favorites. And if you see these score lines, I think you can easily say that Brazil's probably going to come away with a multiple goal win in this final. Probably. Um, considering that Colombia, what, they was a 1-0 win? Right, uh, uh, Colombia was a one nil win against Argentina. Yeah, yeah, they're probably. I'll put my money on Brazil winning this. Yeah, and to close off, uh, women's international football, the last tournament that happened was the Women's African Cup of Nations, and that final happened over the weekend between South Africa and Morocco, uh, with South Africa taking the win. Two to one. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Why did you expect a Did you expect a different team uh, well, going towards the final? I keep my mind just keeps instinctively just saying thinking like, about oh, the men's. Yeah, like whatever good teams the men's, they probably have the most advanced women's teams, stuff like that. But South you Africa, think so, right? yeah, South Africa, which isn't even in the conversation for the men's side of like the African mm-hmm. Cup of Nations. It's interesting that they're that good in the women's side. Yeah. So uh, those are your first and second place, South Africa, Morocco being second. And then in the third place match was Nigeria versus Zambia. 
And I think if you also go with your mentality of thinking, oh, which men's team is the stronger of the two, you would immediately say Nigeria. But it was Zambia. Uh, but it was Zambia who ended up winning. Yeah. Yeah. So those are your top three placings for the Africa Cup nations for the women's football. All right. What else is left for us to discuss? I mean, today Christian Eriksen was presented as a Man United player officially. Mm-hmm. All the comments are saying you're going to give him a heart attack, you know, like that kind of thing. He's uh, got his pace pick now. He, yeah. He's good. Uh, what else? Ronaldo officially came back to Manchester after having family I... issues for all the preseason. <laughs> I did see that. Mm-hmm. He was jabbing in on his Rolls Royce. And people think he's trying to bust a move like he did last year where he's like, oh, the rumor that he's going to go to Man City and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so Man United swooped in. There's a lot of rumors that's like, oh, he's going to go to Atleti. And I'm guessing they're trying to trick uh, Real Madrid into biting, right? But uh, Oh, okay, I get you. Yeah, but literally the president of Atleti came out and was like, bro, who started this rumor? We're not even interested. <laughs> oh, that, my so. God. Getting turned down by everybody in every league. Pretty much. So he either has to play Europa League or... We might loan him out to somebody um, that does play Champions League. And then when we yeah. qualify for Champions League, he'll come back. It just seems like he doesn't ever not want to play Champions League. Like, that seems like what his most important goal is. You know, I understand that. I understand that. But here's the thing. If you're not part of a squad that is qualifying for the Champions League, do you really deserve to be in it? Yeah, I know. I mean, he did score a lot of because goals, but... That's like cutting in line. Yep. You know, you're walking by, you see a friend at a line that you want to get into. Hey, I know you. Can I stand here too? Yep. Sure, yeah, why not? Come in, you know, get cutsies here. No, I think that even if you're Ronaldo, I don't care. You have to qualify with your team to deserve to be in it. Yeah. And if Manchester United were not in a position to qualify for the Champions League, then neither are you because you were part of that squad. And so it's not. I don't. I don't think it's fair for him to try and sneak into the Champions League. I understand that you want to play in the Champions League. Okay, then try to get your team to get in a Champions League position. I mean, he has a contract that he's got to fulfill, right? Exactly. Like you're going there to work. Your reward is the Champions League in your eyes, then work for it. Yeah, but it's a rumor. So nobody wants Ronaldo still. Luis Suarez went to Nacional. Um, mm-hmm. No other big news as of now, to be honest. No other Cavani's still signing. staying at Manchester United, or is he uh, moved he's on? He's been gone. He's been gone. He's oh, currently okay. a free agent. I don't think anybody's made it official that they've signed him, which Can would be can? good. Well, you want him for LAFC? I'll take him. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I you, know, you already know how LAFC is with Uruguayans. Let's get that tan deal. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so um, a lot of good free agents out, but Barcelona's still spending money they don't have. Um, yeah, what is up with that? Oh, do you have any update on the uh, Frankie, Frankie saga? Still doesn't want to go Cause anywhere because I, yeah, I, had, I had seen something that th- 
said they no longer had to sell him and that he was willing to take a pay cut to stay at Barcelona. The thing is, so the Barcelona strategy... The Barcelona strategy so far seems to be that they're betting everything on a short-term success. Right. And hoping that it kind of pumps up the revenue enough to save them from their billion-dollar debt. Because they've sold... Uh, from what I've heard, they've generated six hundred million in this summer alone by um, selling, you know, shares, selling TV rights, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also talked to the current players and asked them to go to undergo wage reduction so that they could sign more players. So technically, all this stuff that they've done to generate money is going to come back to bite them in a couple years, if not next year, right? Right. Um, so. I also heard something about Xavi asking them to try and re-sign Messi. Uh, I don't think that's happening this year. With the wages that he demands, there's no way. But the president did say that um, he hopes that the, the the story with Messi and Barcelona isn't over yet. That they're going to try to get him back at some point in the future. But it's definitely not going to be this season, obviously. But, uh, you know, that's if uh, the sporting director Mbappe decides to let him go at all. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. But yeah, anyway, besides uh, that, um, speak- whoa, whoa, what were you Yeah, say? and speak- I was going to say, speaking of Barcelona, they did have a game against Real Madrid. Yep, and they ended up winning it 1-0, and that was about it. There was nothing really besides that. They did get into one fight, at least. Uh, <laughs> you know, that yeah, at least you know, keeping the classic game. in the classical. Yeah, but Lewandowski didn't really score a goal, but he was playing kind of decent. It looks like he was trying to be fancier than what he normally yeah. is. But uh, yeah, yeah, that, he did cool. a couple of plays that would have worked were he in Bayern. Yeah, probably. But um, besides that, that's pretty much all I got for today. I think we've covered everything that needs to be talked about. Yeah, I think so too. All right, we're gonna. End the episode there. Be sure to join us in the next episode. Uh, at that point, we'll know who our finalists for the Women's Euro 2022 are, right? And, yeah, and uh, also if Brazil actually defeated Colombia or if Colombia did a major upset. Yes, and we'll also preview the uh, games on the weekend for the MLS. So stay tuned for yes. that. Um, make sure to follow us everywhere on social media give us five stars on the podcast if you ever do listen i did see that there was an uptick in listens recently so uh welcome (sighs) to everybody that's new but yeah i'm glad to have you guys all here join us in the next episode um we'll see you guys later bye